Have we seen the culmination of the full circle of Avell Edwards' coaching tree? We'll talk about that and also BYU basketball. So close, but yet so far away. Let's get to all of it on today's show. You are Locked On Cougars, your daily podcast on the BYU Cougars. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, everybody? I'm Jake Hatch, your host here on Locked On Cougars, your resident BYU insider. Thank you for making Locked On Cougars your first listen of the day. Always proud to be with you guys and talking all things BYU. We're very proud to be part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Of course, the motto is your team every day. And as such, we are your only daily podcast focused on the BYU Cougars. Title sponsor of today's show is our friends over at LinkedIn. With LinkedIn Jobs, you can hire qualified candidates more efficiently by matching open roles with people who have the skills, values, and experiences to help you achieve your 2023 goals post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on college terms and conditions apply all right let's dive right in on today's show and obviously the super bowl playing out and andy reed the former byu player and graduate assistant has won his second super bowl title as a head coach in the nfl and that's kind of where i wanted to kind of launch off on today's show because andy reed has he become the greatest branch of the lavelle edwards coaching tree and i don't mean to make that facetious statement because I think it's absolutely a legit argument. Obviously guys like Kyle Whittingham will have a say on that for his legendary run up at the University of Utah. There are many other coaches that have been through BYU under Lavelle Edwards' tenure. Norm Chow is an offensive coordinator, obviously got his chance as a head coach late, late in his career at Hawaii. Did not, did not go well, but that does not diminish anything that he accomplished at BYU or the other stops he made, USC, North Carolina State, the Tennessee Titans, on down the list. So the thing about this is, are we seeing the greatest legacy of Coach Edwards' uh, coaching career, his coaching tree, the, the what he left at BYU and obviously uh, kind of just into football itself? And it's something that, as I was watching that game play out and watching Kansas City win the Super Bowl, Andy Reid just looked as, like, as, as happy as could be. And he's a guy who's very, very humble in victory. He's always quick to defer all of the credit to his players, to his assistants, all that stuff. And that's a lot of stuff that he picked up from Lavelle Edwards. And I just felt like as I was watching the celebrations, the confetti raining down down there in Glendale, Arizona, that maybe we don't necessarily uh, completely embrace and or celebrate Coach Edwards' coaching legacy as much as maybe we should. And I don't mean to say that we completely ignore it because, trust me, we don't. 29 years at the helm of the BYU football program, obviously winning that national title in 1984 was something that BYU fans point to with pride for years and decades to come. Who knows if BYU ever really gets another chance to win a national title in football once again. But what Coach Edwards accomplished in his time at BYU was take a a program that was as bad as any out there, really. The first 50 years of BYU football from 1922 uh, through the early 70s, 1972, when Lavelle took over as the head coach of BYU, what did BYU have, mu- have, have to point to? They did not have much in terms of pride. They had not had many winning seasons. It just was kind of an also-ran program. But Coach Edwards made this program into the Leviathan, the nationally renowned program that it is, and the coaches and the players that came through his program have gone on to do great things. And 
obviously what Andy Reid, what he has done has been absolutely phenomenal. He's got 22 postseason wins in the NFL. It's the second most all time. He just collected a second Super Bowl title. He's made five Super Bowl appearances as a head coach. He's also made it to 10 conference championship games split between his time both with Philadelphia and Kansas City. So as I just kind of watch this game play out, what I love about watching Andy Reid play, not play, but coach, is that he has a lot of the same mannerisms and style that Lavelle Edwards had when you saw him prowl in the sidelines all those years ago. And for some of our younger listeners, many of you will not recall ever having watched Coach Edwards coach at BYU. I was lucky enough to wake up uh, to wake up to grow up in the 1990s, so the kind of the back half of Lavelle's run, or even the back third of his run, and got to enjoy a pretty incredible season in 1996. Just got to enjoy a lot of what Lavelle was in the latter stage of his head coaching career. And as I watch Andy Reid carry that on, I watch a lot of what Lavelle is and was uh, in Andy Reid. So I wanted to just say congratulations to Andy Reid on today's show. I know we're not a Kansas City Chiefs podcast, but when you have the connection that Andy Reid does to BYU, this is a guy who loves coming back to BYU. He's got one of his sons on staff in Provo, Spencer Reid, who is now running the day-to-day operations of BYU strength and conditioning staff uh, down there at BYU. He's running all that stuff in the weight room in the student-athlete building. He comes back often for coaching clinics, for visits, just to come in and talk with Kalani Sitake. I know that Aaron Roderick, BYU's offensive coordinator, draws a lot of different offensive innovations and ideas for his offense from what the Chiefs do because he's met with their staff, Eric Bieniemy and all the other offensive assistants out there at Kansas City. There's a lot of crossover between these two programs, speaking of BYU and obviously an NFL franchise in the Kansas City Chiefs, but you can tie all of it back to Lavelle Edwards. And it's absolutely incredible to consider just the the legacy that Coach Edwards has continued to have uh, and he will continue to have moving forward. There was a report from Jay Glazer on uh, the pregame show yesterday on Fox that Andy Reid was going to evaluate his future after this game if they win or lose, kind of trying to figure out what he wanted to do moving forward. He said in the postgame comments, if they'll have me back, I'll be back. And I I don't have no reason to think that Andy Reid is ready to give it up at this point. But why would you? Honestly, he's still uh, not necessarily uh, young, but he's also not old. He's in his 60s, so he's still got time on his side if he wants to continue to make this run. And the best part is, for a guy like Andy Reid, when you have a franchise quarterback, maybe the best quarterback in the game right now in Patrick Mahomes, why would you give that up? Why would you step aside right now? But it's absolutely incredible just to consider what has been accomplished and how Andy Reid continues to just carry on this legacy of the BYU football program. This is a guy who came to BYU as a he wasn't a member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, ends up joining the church here. Actually, I don't know how many people know this. Uh, some of you probably do. He actually was writing a column or a, a weekly story for the Daily Herald as he was uh, playing at BYU, kind of aspired to be a sports writer, and it was Lavelle Edwards that told him, hey, you should really consider getting into coaching. You got the, you got the right demeanor, you got the right mannerisms, you're a guy who loves to teach players. And obviously Andy came back after his uh, playing career to be a graduate assistant, work with guys like Mike Holmgren, went on to coach at a, a number of different stops at the college level, then got his chance to break into the NFL in 1992 with the Green Bay Packers, and then Jeffrey Lurie, the uh, Philadelphia Eagles owner, plucks him as, the, as Green Bay's quarterback's coach and says, you know what, I like this guy. There's a famous story about Andy showing up to his interview with the Eagles with a six-inch 
thick binder full of just essentially how he planned to build a franchise and build his program, what he was going to do as a head coach in the NFL. He'd spent years, years compiling all of those different things and putting them in different uh, categories, subcategories. Here's how I'll address this. Here's how I'll address that. This is what I want to do with it. Like, he was so prepared. He got his opportunity. Had an incredible run in Philadelphia. Unfortunately, he never won a Super Bowl with the Eagles, but now has won two of them as the head coach of the Kansas City Chiefs and doesn't look like he's slowing down anytime soon. So I got to tip my cap to you, Coach Reed. It's absolutely phenomenal what you have accomplished. I've got no reason to think you'll ever see this, but tip my cap to you. And also, congratulations to Matt Bushman and Zane Anderson, two of the guys that have come out of Kalani Satake's program, both on the practice squad there in Kansas City. They will have Super Bowl rings. So this has been a phenomenal, phenomenal thing to watch play out. And like I said, my, my original premise is this might be the ultimate or the strongest branch, the thickest branch of the Lavelle Edwards coaching uh, tree, but it's absolutely phenomenal to be able to celebrate this. That That's a fun, fun, fun thing to look back on. So once again, congratulations to the Chiefs, congratulations to Coach Reed, and congratulations just uh, on the opportunity to watch yet another one of the protégés of Lavelle Edwards do their thing. It's absolutely awesome to watch that play out. All right, coming up here in just a minute, let's flip over and talk a little BYU basketball. Obviously, another close loss to the Gonzaga Bulldogs. This one, a seven-point deficit for the Cougars in the end. Had a second-half lead, but let it slip away once again. What is there to make of this BYU? BYU basketball squad. We'll talk about that momentarily. First, a word on our friends over at LinkedIn. Of course, they've been with us all year long, all football season and on into the offseason, but as a small business owner or hiring manager, you know that success in 2023 will all depend on the team members you surround yourself with, and that's why you guys want to check out LinkedIn Jobs. With LinkedIn Jobs, you can help hire qualified candidates more efficiently by matching open roles with the people who have the skills, values, and experiences to help you achieve your goals. Think about it this way. Andy Reid is probably looking at, okay, who can help me achieve my goals most? So the same thing when you're a hiring manager or you have your own small business. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find qualified candidates uh, and quickly attract them to your open jobs with targeting tools. They go beyond the resume data by looking through all 875 million of their member profiles to put your posts in front of the most qualified candidates and make it easier to screen and rate your applicants based on your job qualifications all on one platform. You don't have to jump from platform to platform to get the job done. It's an all-in-one tool. It's phenomenal, my friends. And that's why small businesses rate LinkedIn jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn jobs wants to help you find the qualified candidates that you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on college. That's linkedin.com slash locked on college to post your job for free terms and conditions apply. Today's show is also brought to you by our friends over at UCCU at UCCU. Love where you bank is a promise made by a local not-for-profit financial institution dedicated to helping families improve their financial lives. UCCU delivers on that promise to pioneer new technologies that make banking safer, easier, and more convenient. They also are creating new products and services that add real value to their members. I can attest to this. I have been a UCCU customer my entire life. For 30 plus years, I have been working with UCCU. They provide real easy access to local human beings. They always give that personal help or assistance. They have that personal touch to them. And the best part is there's many reasons to love banking with UCCU. And they now they are sharing 14 reasons to love where you bank. Here's the best part. UCCU is always, uh, excuse me, UCCU is also giving away a stay at the Grand American, complete with a visit to the Grand Spa. Until Valentine's Day tomorrow, my friends, both on Facebook and Instagram, see why you'll love it. You'll love banking with UCCU, and when you see a post, love it, and you'll be automatically entered to win that Grand America experience. So enter each day, visit UCCU's Facebook or Instagram pages now until Valentine's Day and enter to win. That's UCCU. Love where you bank. 
Thank you once again for checking out Locked On Cougars right here, making it your first listen every single day. Make sure you check out our brand new podcast, Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Everything you need to know about college hoops in one place. Hear from big name experts, insiders, coaches, and players alike. That's Locked On College Basketball, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. All right, so uh, an interesting thing uh, has been playing out with this BYU basketball program and is that they just continually have gotten close. Now, Thursday night, I recorded the Friday podcast during that game. You probably maybe saw some of the disgust on my face as I was watching that game play out, recording that podcast. And BYU fell flat on their face against Pepperdine. It was just one of those games you're like, what are you doing? Pepperdine is awful. They have no business being on the same court as BYU in theory, but Pepperdine used their talent and obviously uh, BYU decided that playing defense was optional and they fell flat on their face in that game. But I want to talk more about the Gonzaga game that played out Saturday night. Now BYU went into the kennel for the final time as a member of the West Coast Conference and to BYU's credit I was absolutely floored at how well they played, especially in the first half and about halfway through the second half you're like, okay this BYU team has been fending off everything Gonzaga's thrown at them. And this is a Gonzaga Gonzaga team that's far from the best Gonzaga team we've seen recently. They might be the worst Gonzaga team in, what, five or six years? And BYU was taking it to them for a, for a lot of this game and absolutely just fending off all things. But Julian Strother uh, came in about, what was it, four or five minutes to go. He scored 17 of his game-high 26 points in this one. And down the stretch, he absolutely change this game for the Gonzaga Bulldogs. It ends up uh, with an 88-81 to 81 loss for BYU. Cougars now back below 500 in West Coast Conference play, and yet again, just another one of those games for BYU this season where they've just been so close. It feels like in every game they've essentially played against ranked opponents. Think about San Diego State way back in the early part of the season. Uh, the two games against Gonzaga, they obviously upset uh, Creighton when Creighton was ranked down there in Las Vegas, but the other five ranked opponents that they have lost to, they have been in every single one of these games. And the thing about BYU is there's been a recurring theme that I have noticed with this BYU basketball squad is that when it gets late in games, the final four minutes, uh, David Locke, who I used to work for, and obviously the proprietor, the guy who built the Locked On Podcast Network, he talks a lot about clutch. And what it is, the clutch situations in the NBA is, I believe, if I I recall it correctly, I think it's three minutes or under, maybe two minutes, and you're within five points, and that's called the clutch. Obviously, it means the game is still very much in the balance. It'll go down to the end. Well, I'm going to call the clutch in this instance the final four minutes so the after the under four media timeout in any given game is what I call the clutch and BYU is absolutely in this one against Gonzaga but then they put Julian Strother back into the game and just it flipped on its head and BYU was unable to get major stops on defense but more importantly unable to make baskets when they got to the rim and then also unable to get defensive rebounds BYU early on in this game against Gonzaga was coming away with 50-50 balls getting uh, rebounds getting themselves opportunities in training transition, that type of stuff. But in the final four minutes, yet again, a lot of stuff goes by the wayside. And Mark Pope has continually talked about, like, we're a young team. We're a young team. He's harping on that. But it's coming up a little stale at this point for me. Because BYU is 16-12. and They have played 28 games this season. Dallin Hall, Richie Saunders, Fusini Troyeri, the young guys on this roster, they're not what I would consider young anymore. At this point in the season, you would think they've been through some of these battles and they realize what we need to do. Now, young teams have hallmarks of struggling down the stretch of games. That's a big hallmark of BYU basketball right now. But... I just you need to see BYU break through at some point. Maybe they'll do it this week. They got three remaining games in the regular season before they head to Las Vegas for the West Coast Conference tournament. And obviously, uh, you've got your work cut out for you if you're the BYU men's basketball program because you still have to make another trip 
out to St. Mary's uh, this coming weekend on Saturday night. You got to go to Moraga, which has been a very, very tough place the entirety of BYU's run in the West Coast Conference. Can they break through there? It just feels like the one thing I, I want to say about this BYU basketball squad is th- despite all the struggles late in these games, it feels like if they can just get one of these games, it, it, let's say it's it's close against St. Mary's on Saturday night, and they find a way to grind out a win on the road there in Moraga, it feels like in many ways the monkey might come off their back and they might find just be ready to go and make a run in the West Coast Conference Tournament. Now, the way it looks right now, BYU sitting in sixth place in the West Coast Conference Tournament, you're probably going to be playing, uh, you have to probably play three games to make the West Coast Conference uh, Tournament final and win it to go to the NCAA Tournament. That's the, kind of the roadmap for BYU at this point. Can they improve their standing enough to maybe make it uh, into the quarterfinals, get that double buy into the quarterfinals? They still could do that, yes. But the bigger thing for BYU right now is continue Continue uh, to build on what you're doing, but you've got to find a way late in these games. This is the only thing that's really holding this BYU team back is in the final four minutes. It's three, usually three minutes and change. They've just they've faltered, and you can't have that. I, I know that they're a young team. I know that roster wise. They're freshmen and sophomores that you're relying on here. But the problem is eventually that get that wears thin. I'm getting worn a little thin from Mark Pope continuing, we're, we're young, we're young, we're young. Okay, coach, you can say you're young as much as you want. At some point, fans want to see your team break through and bu- uh, just kind of shed a lot of the issues they have had. And the biggest thing right now for BYU is their inability to close games. You've got to find a way to close games. And I think if BYU finally breaks through in one of these, and it might it might very well be like the St. Mary's deal where you have to just break through against an opponent like that. You do that, it feels like this team could really be unshackled and could be very dangerous in the West Coast Conference Tournament. But you've got to prove it. That's the thing. You've, you've got to go out and show us you can do that. Because right now the evidence suggests that, yes, BYU can play toe-to-toe with any opponent right now for the first 35 minutes ish of a game. The final five minutes, though, that's when the cream rises to the top. And right now, BYU is not the cream. They have kind of been the the curd. Is that what I'm looking? For? I don't know. But it's just it's just not. They have not been the team that prevails in the end. They got to prove they can do that at some point. All right, coming up here in just a minute, we'll flip over, uh, finish up today's show with a look back at yet another game in BYU football history in our 155 game countdown. Looking back at all the games BYU played in Independence. Also, recap some of the other major highlights from the weekend that was in BYU sports. We'll get to all of that in mere moments. First, a word on our friends over at Built Bar. Of course, many of us out there, uh, many of you listening to this podcast and we're watching have heard me talk about Built Bars for years. They are the best tasting protein bars I have ever had. And if you're looking for a delicious treat but don't want all the fat and calories, you got to try a Built Bar. The best part about this is, my friends, is Built Bars, they are absolutely phenomenal. They have a myriad of different flavors. It's not like you're stuck with three flavors and if you don't like any of those three, that's all you got. Built Bar has got so many different options for you guys. But more importantly, the macros on these things are absolutely incredible. They're covered in 100% real chocolate. That should uh, be an absolute awesome thing to think in your mind. It's covered in 100% chocolate, but more importantly, 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, but with a whopping 17 grams of protein packed into each one of these bars. They're absolutely awesome. I would encourage you guys to give them a shot. And now you don't need to wait around to get a box. For years, we've been talking about ordering your Built Bars from Built.com, and you can still do that. Go to Built.com and save 15% by using the promo code LOCKED 
on 15, but now you also can get them at your local Smith's and or Sam's Club location. I actually even saw them at Costco as well. So no matter where you happen to shop, I think you can find your built Bars now. The best part about Smith's, they've got four bar packs. You can go grab a four bar pack, get it home, enjoy it, and then go buy another one. If you want to buy in bulk, you can go to Sam's Club, get a 13 bar pack, which is available now at your local Sam's Club. Stop by, pick them up today, but if you don't mind waiting, you can save 15% by also going to built.com and use the promo code Locked On 15 for 15% off your order. The best part is Built Bar, proud partners of BYU football, and have obviously been investing in the BYU football program. So any support you give to our friends at Built Bar, you are supporting BYU football. So I'd encourage you to do that. Once again, that's built.com or go to your local Smith's and or Sam's Club today and get enjoying the best tasting protein bars with our friends at Built Bar. Also brought to you today by a new sponsor here on the show. It's our first time talking about our friends over at Perry Homes. Whether you're looking for your first home or you're ready to upgrade to your dream home, Perry Homes has a house for you. For 50 years, Perry Homes has been Utah's premier home builder with communities throughout the state. They have many communities, home designs, and price points to help meet your needs. The best part is that Perry Homes has beautiful communities in Davis, Salt Lake, Tooele, and Utah counties. They've also got multiple communities down the south part of Utah in Washington County near St. George. No matter where you want to live in the state of Utah, Perry Homes has got options for you guys. They also got offer over 50 unique home designs from Rambler to two stories to townhomes as well. No matter what your price point and budget is, they even got quick move-in homes available. They've already built them if you're ready to move now. And they offer generous financing incentives through the preferred lender as well. So get on it, my friends. Visit PerryHomesUtah.com to see what's new in Utah's finest neighborhoods. That's PerryHomesUtah.com to get started now. Great company. And like I said, they're all over the states. No matter where you're looking to live, Perry Homes can be the answer for you guys. So for 50 years, Utah has been coming home to Perry Homes. Thank you once again for making Locked On Cougars your first listen of the day. Always appreciate you guys checking out the show and being a part of it. It's absolutely awesome. Uh, to have you guys weighing in. And by the way, uh, we ruffled some feathers over the weekend. We did a a podcast on Friday talking about some of the issues with the Pac-12, obviously the Big 12 making their moves and looking to be aggressive on expansion. You know what? I have have no reason to think that Pac-12 fans have any reason to think that they are superior in any way, shape, or form right now. That's the thing about this is the the Pac-12, they've got to be very, very wary of what their future holds. Uh, There was a very interesting comment uh, from sports... uh, the Sports Business Journal, yeah, it was uh, John Orand. He does a podcast with Andrew Marshan in the New York Post. And they were talking about the fact that right now with uh, ESPN and Disney seemingly cutting back on uh, just their budgets, if you're the Pac-12, I'd be wary of this because there's not very many other people that want to bid on the Pac-12's media rights outside of streaming partners. And they also said that Amazon right now, Amazon goes for a part of a package. Think about it. Amazon, they've always gone for, let's say, the Thursday night football package with the NFL. Or they've taken English Premier League Boxing Day matches. They take a piece of it. They don't want the entirety of it. At least they have not shown that uh, propensity so far, speaking of Amazon. So if ESPN is being told by Disney, who, by the way, just slashed $5.5 billion, if I if had that number correctly, out of their budgets, uh, the Walt Disney, com- Walt Disney uh, Company uh, doing that. Obviously, ESPN has not been affected directly by those cuts based on what I understand. But right now, if you're ESPN, you're probably sitting there thinking, okay, do our bosses really want us to go in on a multi-hundred million dollar deal for many, many years with the Pac-12? It could be a very wary time if you're a Pac-12 fan and or 
administrator, coach, whatever you whatever you might be in that conference. Meanwhile, the Big 12, they locked themselves in. We know that there is a certainty that for the next six years, uh, well, geez, it's six years at, starting in 2025. So through the 20, early 2030s, the Big 12 is locked in. They said there's a there's a there's a big thing to being uh just a to being one of the haves right now. You have your deal locked in as the Big 12. Whereas the Pac-12, they're still kind of just uh, twisting out there in the wind, and that's got to be a little bit of a precarious position. So something to keep an eye on. And it, obviously, uh, our comments on YouTube in particular also got some ones on on social media as well, which I don't mind at all. I love people checking out the podcast, but some salty, salty Pac-12 fans out there. All right, before we go on today's show, a couple of quick notes. Uh, congratulations to BYU Men's Volleyball, the 10th-ranked Cougars. I uh, got a pair of wins over the weekend over number 14 UC Santa Barbara down there at the Smith Fieldhouse, winning three sets to one in both matchups Friday and Saturday night. Uh, BYU Men's Volleyball has now got eight wins, actually matches their entire win total from last year. So BYU Men's Volleyball looks like last year might have just been kind of an aberration versus uh, what uh, somebody had been concerned about the future for the Cougars. But they now traveled to UCLA to open up MPSF play this coming weekend. The Bruins are ranked number four in the country currently. Big, big weekend on the road down in Los Angeles this weekend. I'm looking forward to that, but good weekend at home for BYU Men's Volleyball. Also, congratulations to BYU Women's Basketball behind a season-high 21 assists. The BYU Women's Basketball team avenged for a really disappointing loss earlier this season to LMU, 67-42. A big win for the Cougars as they moved to 13-12, 8-6 in the West Coast Conference. Uh, they're continuing just to show a lot of gumption. That's the one thing about this is uh, Lauren Gustin, we've talked about her a lot. She now has 409 career uh, total points, but she's actually out-rebounded her point total on the season. She's got 411 rebounds this year. It's absolutely insane. She's the first player across all divisions of NCAA basketball, men or women, to notch the 400-400 mark this year. So phenomenal stuff for Lauren Gustin in particular, but also another big win for BYU women's basketball as they continue to kind of bolster their spot when it comes uh, to the West Coast Conference seating upcoming. Also today, BYU Women's Golf is in action. They open play in the San Diego State Classic at the San Diego, excuse me, it's in San Diego, California at the Farms Golf Club. Uh, that goes today and tomorrow. So best of luck to the women's basketball team. Not women's basketball, women's golf team in that competition down there at San Diego State. Now, our final note for today is another look back. Yet another game for BYU in their 155-game look back. Uh, BYU's independent era. And this has been a lot of fun for me, by the way. I, 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 speaking frankly, I've had a ton of fun reading up on these games, kind of uh, rehashing a lot of my memories, having covered BYU during my 12 years as a professional in the media realm, uh, covering this. And it's, it coincides a lot of the BYU independent era with my media career. But uh, today's game is a disappointing loss. BYU, uh, obviously we talked about the Rancheritos game on Friday. Uh, the fight at Rancheritos that Joe Sampson and Zach Stout were involved in. There were also, uh, Jordan Johnson was actually one of the mediators in that, but uh, after this, Zach Stout and Joe Sampson actually withdrew from school. They obviously had honor code violations from that fight, but BYU was sitting in a pretty decent spot. They were 6-4. and four. You're thinking, okay, may have got things a little bit back on track, but they faced a road game going out to San Jose State. And Now, San Jose State uh, this year, many of you might recall, uh, was under a, a phenomenal run. David Fales, who spent some time in the NFL after his time at San Jose State, uh, threw for 305 yards and three touchdowns and leading San Jose State to a 20 
20-14 to 14 win over BYU in this game. The biggest thing for BYU in this game, you're thinking, okay, those who had 14 points, what in the world happened? Well, BYU's inability to capitalize on driving into San Jose State territory is what did them in in this game. Now, I've got some good friends, uh, Robbie Huckville, one of them among them, who will tell you this might be the most disappointing loss that they've experienced in many, many years with this BYU football program because the way that BYU lost this one, they drove deep into San Jose State territory three times in that fourth quarter and came away with uh, very, uh, excuse me, they got three times. Two of the times uh, did not come away with points at all. They got a late touchdown trailing 20-7 to to make it 20-14. to They get the onside kickback. You're like, okay, they're going to they're gonna punch this in. They're going to kick the field goal, get out of here 21-20, to escape, uh, be sitting at 7-4, and four, and life's good. Well, they get down to the 21-yard line, and some of you might recall this. It's one of those plays that I, I will never forget this play. Riley Nelson gets them deep into that territory. He fumbles when he got hit by Keith Smith, who's the player that hit him. I was reading up on this. And then San Jose State recovers it, ends up running out the clock and sealing the win for San Jose State. Now, the Spartans were absolutely awesome that year. They were 9-2. I actually had two former high school teammates of mine that were on that San Jose State team, guys from here in the state of Utah that were playing for that squad, and they still love the fact that they got a, a win over BYU in their collegiate career, but it's just one of those games for BYU during this independent era. There's not very many of them, it feels like, uh, for BYU that you're like, man, that one got away. This San Jose State one absolutely got away from the Cougars. It was a game that BYU should have had. This was a game BYU had multiple opportunities to come away with more than 14 points. Probably should have had 28 30 plus points in a game like this, but they settle for just 14 and fall 20 to 14. Like I said, just one of those disappointing losses that make you think, what if for this BYU football program? Now, we're going to finish out the regular season uh, talking about uh, a game against New Mexico State uh, on tomorrow's podcast. But it was uh, the thing about this is that San Jose State came with more than just one uh, issue with it. It also meant that there was an injury to Riley Nelson once again in that loss, and he was lost for the rest of the season. Uh, we'll talk more about this on tomorrow's show, but just a disappointing loss for the Cougars as they settled the 6-5 and five on the season. Like I said, the, the defense from the 2012 season deserved more than what they ultimately ended up with, but we'll talk about that on tomorrow's podcast. So there you go. You're up to speed on everything going on in BYU Sports. Once again, congratulations to Andy Reid. I know we don't necessarily talk a lot of NFL here on the podcast, but when you have a guy like that who's just been a proud alum of BYU, has credited a lot of what he learned under Lavelle Edwards, both his uh, being his coach and also working for him as a staff member, uh, you got to spend some time talking about this. And Andy Reid is now absolutely in the conversation for one of the great all-time coaches in NFL history. I think he's top 10 at the very worst, but a phenomenal, phenomenal job by him and his team team winning the Super Bowl down there in Arizona. And of course, we'll have more on this. If he decides to step away, we'll talk about that. But it doesn't sound like he plans on doing that. But regardless, we'll have you covered all week long talking all things BYU. Anything that comes out this week with regards to the Big 12 and the Pac-12 continuing their uh, their feud uh, when it comes to their media rights, we'll talk about that. We'll also start to turn our attention more towards BYU Spring Ball. Coming up in early part of March, BYU will retake the field for practices, obviously with Jay Hill as their new defensive coordinator. A lot of intrigue with all of that. We'll start to turn our attention towards that as this week progresses as well. So stay with us all week long, talking all things BYU. A big thank you once again for making us your first listen. Now make your second listen, our friends, over the Locked On Big 12 podcast. Josh Neighbors got you covered on everything with the Big 12 every single day. Get that free and available wherever you get your podcasts. Also, check it out on YouTube. Until tomorrow, my friends, this has been the Locked On Cougars podcast. See ya.